it is recording. Uh, we're heading over to Yoshi's. Oh boy. Okay. So we are heading over to meet Matt FX Feldman. Feldy, my man. <laughs> don't, don't say that. That's Jenna Meister. She is half Asian, despite her last name, and she's one of my best friends. We are driving in LA to meet Matt, who's the music supervisor of the comedy series Broad City, and he's in LA to shoot a new show for MTV. Last time I was out here, a friend of mine took me out on an afternoon, and it was like kind of like it, she took me to this like weed trimming, like it was like a place where they like grow, yeah. but like I realized that like trimming weed is like kind of the perfect first date because it, like, <laughs> it kind of makes you like you can see if they know how to multitask, you can see like how much they complain, you can see how detail. good at like exactly at like you know monotonous tasks for a few hours. Like there's so much to sort of like learn insightfully. But uh, whose idea really was fun. it? It was her idea. Just she was like, yeah, like you want to come trimming with me? It's like a free eighth at the end of the thing, and I was like, sure. Nice. It was, it was a little bit like. Um, you ever like licked envelopes for someone or like something for like a few hours and it's like a very sort of like almost fun like calming thing to do because you just I used to love the taste of licking envelopes but How I also have many this fear envelopes? of like paper cutting Like in my like tongue. a school office like for like a foundation okay. or for like a chair like a school I used to thing. like label folders or something Yeah like just something just like over and over and over again with like a few other people so and it's, it's, it's kind of fun It's, it's like, kind of calming well, I'm yeah, glad that we broke the ice already <laughs> even though you have a non-Asian last Are name I'm half Asian, yeah. Yeah. My mother is from Beijing and my dad is from Jamaica, Queens. Wow. Like very Russian Jewish, kinda like New Yorker. But we're like Feldman. Feldman's yeah. Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well it is a Jewish. I mean name, he's right? like he, he's like he he's not really so his parents came from the Ukraine when they were really young, like separately, um, and met in America. And they never taught him how to speak Russian or Hebrew and like He's like kind of more of like a pastrami Jew than like a gefilte fish Jew, if that makes sense. Like, it's like he celebrates Christmas and stuff. It's like he doesn't really, you know, it's it's that New Yorker Russian New York Jew. Yeah, yeah, it's not really Russian or Jewish. He's just sort of that like that that breed. Gotcha. And your um, and your mom's from Beijing. And my mom's from Beijing. Yeah, I always equate my upbringing or like our our trio to uh, Manny from Modern Family like in that like I have like an old Jewish dad who's tired of raising kids has adult kids foreign trophy wife mom quick temper thick accent and then I was that like chubby precocious love letter writing coffee drinking and but, you're uh, only 24? 24 um, but I was like hey Jenna uh, Matt's like the youngest guy that we're gonna have on the show so we're like let's ask him what the young Asians are talking about cause I'm not that much older I'm what 32 what are kids doing these days? yeah what? what? Like you're here, you're in LA for I MTV's mean, Wonderland. I'm in I'm in LA for MTV's Wonderland. That's correct. I am what they call the resident music expert. So the show is MTV's flagship effort in rebranding to become a music network. And so uh, again, again, uh, and uh, it's a live music show for the first time in 20 years on the network. Really? Uh, and I've always sort of equated it to kind of like if. TRL and SNL had a baby that was a giant warehouse party. What's your role? So on the show, I sit down with one of the three artists every week, and we kind of get into nitty-gritty details about music uh, in a very short amount of time, but like go over three songs. Either one or two songs will be sort of like from their world and their sort of influences or upbringing or, or whatever, and then 
generally the latter two or three, the latter second or third will be something that I'm sort of recommending and, and sort of like a music discovery component. Cool. Um, I love the music on Broad City. Yeah, I mean, I, I am so grateful. How the, long have you been working on I've been working on it since about a month before the first season went to air. I so came that was in like really three years late. ago, right? Wow. So I was uh, a college dropout and... When I was 18, I sort of, uh, out of nowhere, had an opportunity to supervise the American adaptation of Skins on MTV. Oh, yep. It kind of just happened out of nowhere. Uh, basically, the story is that uh, I had a big crush on this girl. It was senior year in high school, and I invited her and her friends over to my house. Was She's it now, Azealia Banks? It was not Azealia Banks. Okay. Azealia Banks was not even showing up to school by senior year. Okay, got um, it. But no, I had a big question on this girl. who's now like one of my best friends. And she and her friends came into my house and I showed them the British version of Skins. Uh, and at the time, one of her friends was someone who had seen Rent on Broadway 135 times. And like kind of, you know, just... Wanted to be it. Yeah, just that type of person, you yeah. know? And uh, became as obsessed with Skins pretty much instantaneously. And uh, two years later, sort of in my dropout sort of aimless phase she hits me up out of nowhere and is like matt long time hope you're well funny story i tracked down the creator of skins and i'm his intern now we're working on the american version of the show and you do this sort of like focus group writer's room thing where we bring in teenagers and young adults to read the script drafts and you know tell their own stories from school are you interested just sort of as like a thank you for showing it to her in the first place and i jumped at the opportunity and not really thinking I was like getting a job out of it, but just figured like, oh, maybe I'll meet the music guy. Right? Yeah, and so I just like there, meet a like, hero. Exactly. I was like, well, I'd love to meet the music guy, or like, you know, be his intern, or like, you know, just like send you guys some songs. And Brian, the creator of the show, was just like, yeah, just uh, make me a mix. And then the next day, I came back for the group, and then afterwards, he called me into his office and sits me down. And he goes, can you do all the genres? And I'm thinking to myself, not jazz or country. I'm also not really sure what he's asking, but I'm just gonna say yes. And he goes, great, I need to quit your day job. We've got a few ANRs coming over in a couple hours. Let's work out a little signal under the table. You can tell me who to go fuck off. Like, I was just like, instant. Um, and it's very thrown into the deep end. Like, I didn't really know much about music business. I didn't understand what, like, publishing was or sort of. There's Asians everywhere, right? But, sure. like, but not necessarily in, like, making music in a way that's very public. I feel. I agree. I mean, I think it's getting better, first off. Everything's sort of getting a little bit better. Everything's sort of getting a little better. There are more Asians on screen than I feel like there have been in a very long time, if not ever. Absolutely. There's like a lot of Asian musicians who are finally starting to break over. Um, from what, like different genres or well, from different countries? Now there are Asian artists who are, I think are specifically targeting America and like not even, I'm talking like both foreign and uh, domestic. Okay, so I think the first one that was like big was last year. There was something uh, called Itji Ma by Keith Ape, who is a, if I'm remembering correctly, a Korean rapper. And the song is like six different rappers. Three of them are Korean, three of them are Japanese. And it's this like really kind of trippy, scary, weird video. And it's 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 very much a direct take on like American trap music, like trap rap, but all in Korean and Japanese. And that blew up. And there were people who were like learning the words and had no idea what it meant. Like, uh, and now this year there's this new guy named Rich Chiga, and people people are kind of split down the middle on him because he looks like he's on this like he looks like he's like severely autistic, and he like does that almost to comedy. Like he plays up his like on the spectrumness. And in his video, he's wearing like a polo. I gotta show you guys. This. Okay. 
like, he's 16 or 17 and from Jakarta, Indonesia, and has never left. He's like never been to America, but learned English by like listening to TV shows and stuff. And so like, cool. he's As like, so many people do gaming the industry and like killing it from there. Um, there is this like reaction video where the label that put it out got all of these really famous rappers, Cameron and Ghostface Killa, and like newer ones to watch the video and react to it on screen, and everyone approves. He's like clearly also a comedian, you know but is also rapping and people like cannot wait for him like the fact that you're Asian or it's like it's not even a thing I didn't used to I think uh, it took because I've spoken Mandarin since I was born and I so you don't... speak Mandarin yes does your dad speak Mandarin? he does not and also like what does your mom think of all this she's like relatively traditional I don't know she's I think I think for her uh my career is mostly like ignorance is bliss like she knows like the points to brag on and then knows very little else you know and like just like tv it's on tv <laughs> exactly exactly like the first time she saw broad city she was like the girl so dumb no like, does she really the, have yeah. an accent oh yeah no it's like oh like talking about like the modern family thing like her accent is like as thick as sofia vergara's just like in the chinese direction. Do you speak english with her or mandarin mostly mandarin wow um and that's something right? that that's Do something right? that might dad's dad sort of told her when I was born was like look my parents never taught me how to speak Russian or Hebrew don't speak to him in English like everyone else can you know what I mean like and so I don't read or write any Chinese but I can like kind of fake being from China for like you know 10 or 15 minutes especially like like people will assume I'm from Beijing like my accent is like pretty strong and like dead on okay so. to other Chinese people exactly okay exactly like it takes a That's second good. before they're like like my grammar will sort of just start to fall apart it's like the way I think is still I think in English grammar wise but like I can sort of fool people with my straight on like Beijing like you sure window. Uh, no, yeah. you, know Do you, I mean? you have a name Do you have a uh, Feng Xiao Fangxiao. Yeah, that's what the FX is. <gasps> so, that's what the FX is. Yeah. So when I was born, my full name was Matthew Fangxiao Feldman. And then my, my mom fucked up a passport renewal when I was like 9 or 10 and put just the middle initials instead of the full middle name. So now it's on my ID and stuff. Now I'm like legally Matthew You're Feldman. like for real FX. Yeah. I thought it was like your DJ name and it was like your social media it's persona. Everything. No, I mean, it's... It, it's yeah, for it's, real. It's for real. You're it's for, real. for real your name. And the other thing is this... Um, my my mother, my grandma, my mom's side uh, was a university professor who gave all of her children and grandchildren like traditional Chinese names, like Gu Zhe. And because of that, if I were to somehow become a Chinese citizen or, or anything, like you try to use my name, like I wouldn't even be able to use that character now. Like the Xiao, it's not like any of the ten normal meanings of Xiao. And so. Huh. So like that, it's it's like almost like negated. Fashion, well, or? like a few years ago, they did this thing. The Chinese government passed a thing where like you could only use uh, simplified characters on your ID and stuff. Like you had to change your name if it was traditional. Wow. Like kind of like killed the whole like traditional names thing. And so, I that you've yeah. still got one. Sort of. But so you're... No, it's you're simplified to FX. <laughs> on your mom's side was a university professor? Yeah, so... That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, my mother was actually, like, in the Cultural Revolution, like, had to live in a cave for a few years. What? Like, she was... So, the... I, 
I, I hope I don't speak incorrectly on this, but Mao basically did this like great re-education where he switched countryside and urban like youth. Basically, that's like the, the simplified version of saying it. Like I haven't studied this. this is all sort of like yeah. what my mother has told me. And uh, her and her siblings all basically had to like live in what was essentially a cave by a village, like you know, grinding their own like dried cornmeal and like rations, you know, working uh, for years. And it was like super, <laughs> super, yeah, super severe sort of like survivor mentality. Uh, like I, I definitely think that sort of impacted the way my mother sees the world and like she's very she's like very taken with the way I spend money and like is is like just doesn't understand it at all and like any I mean, the fact that you spend money at all exactly exactly and you know I'm I, I, I I'm I'm grateful to be doing all these cool things and I feel like I should be enjoying myself and you know I she'll look at like you know when I'm doing my taxes or something she'll help and she'll be like I can't understand all this food delivery and Uber she just like doesn't totally you know, I was just watching a show before you guys got here called Better Things it's on FX yeah. and it's 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 in many ways a mirror to Louie it's like Pamela Adlon who's on Louie but she plays a mother in LA who's like been an actress for years kind of plays herself and she's got three daughters and a mom on the show and like it's a very sort of female centric family show and her kids are just terribly ungrateful awful awful kids and there's like like a young one and then like the middle child is already kind of butch and way too smart for her own good and then the oldest one is like just like 15 and trying to like you know sleep around and smoke weed and do all those like things that a teenager wants to do and 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 like earlier in this episode like the youngest one like talks to the mom and she's like you were really mean to gran and she was like oh well you'll be mean to me too and and i'm thinking like watching that that's just so like the opposite of how the asian sort of like mentality of like raising a family and being respectful and i feel like the other thing that i've always thought about as well is like talking about sacrifice and like you know in 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 coworkers and stuff like i have an ex-girlfriend who is mexican and her parents are like sort of super kind of classical Mexican West Coast people and her moving to New York and like wanting to pursue all these things like they they sort of have this idea that they will always be working like that's sort of their mentality like like work is forever you know yeah. and like you can't really enjoy yourself and I feel like that's very it's similar it's not meant to be enjoyed Enjo- exactly. life isn't meant to be enjoyed you're supposed to work and like and I feel like there's a very similar thinking with the idea of like sacrifice and 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 loyalty and work in in asian culture and like i don't know i'm not speaking on this as well as i could duty and this idea that like you do the hard thing because that means you have more worth or there's like more it's more noble to take the hard path like that's more suffering or more of a challenge suffering just like constant suffering and like i don't know like isn't that very jewish it's also very jewish yeah has being an Asian male, like, do you find that you go up against certain stereotypes? So I, I, I faced, like, sort of small amounts of racism in my childhood. Like, there was, like, an, there was like a, 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 like a village idiot drunk in my building who, like, ha- had he an opportunity where the two of us were alone in the elevator would, like, spit some epithets and, like, sort of just, like, yell at me and stuff. And, like, you know, I, I went to this boarding school before LaGuardia that... I was definitely, like, one of three Asian kids, and, like, you know, if anyone wanted to, like, be nasty, like, they would go there, but it it was never really, like, something that affected me too much. I think the thing that actually affected me the most was being in LaGuardia and seeing such a huge amount of Asian American kids, for lack of a term, be sort of, like, cultureless. I always had this problem with East Coast Asian kids, Koreans and Chinese kids being, like, 
sort of super to themselves, right? They only hang out with other Korean and Chinese kids. And this very sort of like bland, like Coldplay, EDM, Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie, like hmm. population in the school. It's interesting. You know? And like LaGuardia was an art school. So like a couple of them have gone on to like be totally cool and normal and fine and like work in creative jobs. And, and I'm not saying that it's not cool or fine to not work in creative jobs, but it was just something I noticed from like day one that like, you know, 80% of the Asian kids in the school were not going to engage with anyone else. Do you think that was a function of snobbery, or like kind of insulating themselves, or do you think it was a function of shyness? I mean, like... Did you say hi to them, Matt? Oh, for sure. No, oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I was always so sort of like semi-resentful of it that I never really tried to learn. I always just sort of felt like that wasn't me. And like, I would make friends with other Asian kids who didn't identify with that, some of which were full, some of which were half, some of which spoke, you know, Korean or your Chinese. I, and weirdly enough, like, I'd, I've never found that to be a problem with Japanese people. Like, I feel like they do a fine job of just sort of like making friends with everyone. And, Assimilating? Like, yeah. So what, what were your friends like? Were they different diverse uh, cultures? Or? I, I graduated class president of LaGuardia, so like I had to. Nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I was class president too, yes. but not senior year. Freshman and sophomore. Mm. Wow, I didn't know you were class president, Jenna. Senior. Good job, Matt. Thank Good you. Well, so how did you identify? How did you identify growing up? I, I've always identified as a New Yorker. Like, more than American, more than Chinese, more than Jewish. Like, I don't feel... I don't feel particularly patriotic in, like, an American way, but I feel sort of very... I, I feel very loyal to New York as like an institution, as like, <laughs> as like an idea. When yeah. I was growing up, I thought California was the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> so I can yeah. kind of relate. As a kid, like I would, I would go back to Beijing like in the summertime, and like my mom made a really big effort to take me back a lot. So I've been to China 15, 16 times. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, I am so grateful for that part of me, and I want to explore it more like I don't know if I'll ever learn how to read or write but I would love to live in Shanghai for instance you know what I mean like yeah. and my like happy place is like in China is like an island off the coast I think it's a new place to be where we are I like, think so too. trying to preserve or like you said bring your own flavor to it and interpret it in your own way I mean I'd like Look, I love Eddie Huang. I love Fresh Off the Boat. I also love the show Fresh Off the Boat. And I know I it's controversial for people to like both, I feel And like. I do have a question about that because like, I don't necessarily relate to them because I feel like they're very like hip-hop culture for me. Yeah, Eddie Huang is hip-hop culture for sure. I mean... In music, there's no re real like Asian culture within like mainstream American music, but there is like a black music and it feels like a lot of Asian men at least have kind of gravitated toward like sure. black hip-hop culture sure. rap sure. music so i mean i feel like that's a, like a very sort of cliche west coast like asian hip-hop head like cool car wearing their nice sneakers and like that i i was actually just talking about this with someone i was like i so black people love anime right they Do they? they love anime like Whoa. they are one of the only no. No, black people not, black no, people no. as a culture are like african americans are like the coolest most famous african americans are proud to talk about like naruto in for instance like like rappers actors like athletes love anime even back in like i was so the person i was talking to was like oh well you know like 70s and 80s like the whole like like black exploitation film thing like was directly tied in with like kung fu movies and like all that B movie stuff and like we love Bruce Lee and like that was a thing so maybe that turned into like an anime thing with the fighting 
I don't know. I, there, there's always been sort of like an interesting connection there. I think pop culture wise, like they've always been down um, with each other as like like Asian American Asians and African Americans. Well, I just I just don't know how that happened. I'm so curious. Yeah. No. I mean, there are like a million memes about anime stuff that are like kind of told through like ebonic style delivery. Whoa. Like it's like it's it's it's. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's very cool. Uh, so last question. Yeah. What's dating like for you? <sighs> That's funny. Um, I, the only, I have, I have never dated a Asian woman. What? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I, I have never, to. I have never dated an Asian woman with the exception of a Korean girl who was just as, we dated in high school and like she felt the same way about all the people. Like she was actually from Queens and like lived in Bayside and like she sort of felt the same way and is like a fantastic artist. And, and so with the exception of her, I've never dated an Asian girl, yeah. And I don't have anything against it, I would, but I've just never f- met someone who like I, I uh, Connected with yeah, or just, yeah. or cause I would say I don't connect with a lot of Asians. I connect with a lot of half Asians, like a lot of my best girlfriends. My best girlfriends are all half oh, Asians. Yeah. This this year there was a half Asian girl actually who like we were we were seeing each other for a few weeks. So I guess there's one. Do you other. distinguish between Asians and half Asians? Yes. Well, I think as a half so. Asian, you are, you would distinguish. I don't necessarily distinguish between Asians and half Asians. I just distinguish between like. Asians who are down and Asians who aren't, almost, if that makes sense. Like, it's cool hard Asians to... Cool Asians. Yeah, I hate using the word cool. I'm trying to figure out, like, a better word for it. Um, well, it's, like, people that you resonate with or that exactly. you connect with. Or because in don't. China, I have no problems resonating with everyone. Like, I'm glad... Like, in China, like, I can hang out with, like, super Chinese people who, like, aren't exposed to pop culture stuff, and I can hang out with people who are, like, very in the art world. Would you find yourself, like, being attracted to someone who's... I'm, I'm sure I will, you know, but not yet, no. Um... You're young still. I'm exactly, exactly. I, I, the majority of girls I've dated have been white girls, but Hispanic and African American and European, like super foreign, like all that, sure. Like, very you know. diverse. Yeah. Very diverse. In a way, that's more, that's less racist than saying I only date XYZ, like one type of person. Definitely. I think there's a um, handicap with going after white girls as an Asian dude, especially if on dating apps. There's just like a perception thing that like, they, they don't know how I sound. They don't know my, like, point of reference. They don't know, like, how I come across in real life. All they can see is, like, four pictures. And so, like, I feel like for the most part, like, it's a lot harder over the internet as an Asian dude. Uh, specifically with white girls. There's, like, an OkCupid uh, analysis that was done, like, three or four years ago of all the different racial percentages of message back and messages and stuff Uh and like asian guy to white girl is like one of the lowest it's like if not the lowest on the on the like chart and i i I think it was from that same study that asian women got a lot of messages from everyone yeah for all races yeah Yeah, i mean and 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 black women were the most likely to respond to asian men well, and they again, do make like, very beautiful babies. Super beautiful babies. And again, this, like, weird anime hip-hop thing. Connection. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, my God. I'm curious, too, because my name is Jenna Meister, right. which sounds very white, but I'm half Asian. Right. What is it like for you having a white name? I met my best friend in high school on the first day of second semester in freshman year because in gym, she was sitting right in front of me, and the gym teacher went, Feldman? And I said, here. And she goes... <laughs> 
you don't look like a Feldman. And then this girl turns around giggling and like, like that's like, you know, it's, it's no problem. I'm like cool with it. You know, it's funny. And I, I feel like if I were to have kind of stayed in a non-creative or tried a non-creative pursuit, you know, let's some sort of like desk job, I feel like it would probably help getting interviews and stuff. It's you know true. I mean? It's like, been proven that exotic or ethnic sounding names on resumes are there's like an unconscious bias definitely. against it okay, so where can we find your work next what are you working on I have been supervising a new show kind of in secret out here and I just I just told another person the other day in an interview so I feel like I'm the cat's sort of out of the bag now or I'll let it sort of out of the bag but there's a new show on Comedy Central coming out next year called Detroiters and uh, it's executive produced by Jason Sudeikis. It's about two kind of childhood best friends who are total idiots running one of their father's kind of decrepit ad agencies. Uh, and in the same way that New York is a character on Broad City, like Detroit is very much like a character on this show. And cool, I've never done a show before where all the music has sort of had us had almost like a period piece slant. And in this show, even though it's modern, times we're using like 80% of the music is like Motown and like 60s soul That's so fun. yeah so it's been fun to work on guys that was a pleasure thank you so much of Matt course. thank you for thank you. being on the show oh I got one more thing actually yes, I got one more it. thing to plug uh, sometime in the next month I will be putting out my first musical release under my name it is a remix for another artist and uh, you should just watch out for that can't wait guy from Panda. We had Made in Tokyo on, uh, on Rich Trigger. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> They're so confused. Yeah, you gotta turn this one up. Oh, it's my nigga. This is my fucking guy. They dead ass here. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is also, it's like. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. He got a goddamn fanny pack on right there.